Thank you so much for tuning into the Chronic Illness Support Podcast. Today, our guest is Tiffany Latowski, who will be talking about fibromyalgia as an advocate and someone who suffers with it. According to the National Fibromyalgia Association, about 3-6% to 6% of the world's population has fibromyalgia and the disorder affects about 10 million people in the United States. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tiffany. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I have been, you know, I have several chronic illnesses, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Just a little about me. I currently live in the Poconos in Pennsylvania, but I am originally from Long Island, New York. Um, I've been living with multiple chronic illnesses my whole life, and most of my symptoms started very young with aches and pains, you know, as a child, uh, constant aches and pains and frequent migraines started when I was about nine. Um, and then it just progressed into my teenage years. Um, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, which was pretty much the first chronic illness, I guess, that I was actually diagnosed with, um, Mm -hmm. at 16 years old. And they, Basically, they didn't really diagnose the fibromyalgia part until later on um, after I had my first son when I was around 27. Um, But I was diagnosed with CFS, the chronic fatigue syndrome, at about 16. And I guess from there is where things kind of, for me, spiraled (laughs) um, health-wise, where I started recognizing a lot of different things that my you know, being a little more aware of different things that were going on in my body, knowing that there actually was something wrong. Um, and then just throughout the years, it kind of led me down my path of trying to help others. Yeah, I'm so sorry that you went through all of that and still going through that. What made you decide to become an advocate? So, um, well, with fibromyalgia, that's kind of more a newer thing that I've been helping out with. It just kind of fell into my lap mm-hmm. because I also, I mean, along with many of the chronic illnesses that I have, another one that I primarily have that's a big part of my life is endometriosis. And um, through the years of several surgeries that I've had with that, I was helping um, a lot of different organizations with some charity work and some volunteer work. And then I started recognizing that a lot of the women that I was working with that also had that um, had fibromyalgia as well. So I was getting contacted constantly by so many women that I had already connections with through, you know, dealing with the endometriosis community that were asking me, you know, how I felt about certain things with fibromyalgia. And so I started becoming an advocate for that as well, because I, I mean, obviously it's not always One does not always go hand in hand with the other, but I've, in my experience, found that a lot of women have both. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and the symptoms can sometimes kind of go hand in hand as well. So that just kind of, it just kind of fell in my lap, basically, of (laughs) helping the women with fibro because I just understand I've already built a rapport with so many of them in the endo community that they kind of trusted me, I guess. So Mm -hmm. they turned to me for different things. And then I started looking into it a little bit more to help that community as well. Yeah, that's awesome that you've been able to connect with so many people that could be suffering with fibromyalgia. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. How long do you think that you suffered with symptoms before you were diagnosed? Oh, um, 
probably my whole life. I mean, I, like I said, I was a very young child and I constantly was having, um, you know, pains and aches and they would say, oh, it's just growing pains or, you know, she's just maybe doesn't want to go to gym today or, you know, there would always be an excuse as a young child of, you know, why they didn't think they thought I was just complaining or I just didn't want to do something. But it was pretty, I mean, severe where I would be laying around a lot when I was younger. And I, I mean, I was an active kid. It's not like I didn't, you know, want to do anything. Um, but I just, especially weather related, um, which currently today, unfortunately, I, where I live here, we have very bad weather right now. And so oh, no. I'm suffering a little bit today. Yeah. But very much weather related since I was a young child. Um, so I would say probably maybe 20 years before I actually got, you know, diagnosed with it. Yeah. That's a long time. What treatments have you tried for fibromyalgia? Did they help? And did you have any side effects from them? (laughs) I've tried pretty much everything. Um, you know, when I was younger, they would have me doing different stretches and I would go to physical therapy. Um, but again, at that point I wasn't actually diagnosed with it yet, but they did diagnose me with a chronic fatigue syndrome where, you know, it's kind of the same symptoms. Uh, they go, those two do actually go hand in hand. Um, so I have done physical therapy. I've done yoga, stretching, trigger point injections, muscle relaxers, acupuncture, chiropractor, massage therapy, nerve blocking medications, um, ice and heat therapy. I've tried CBD, essential oils. I mean, you name it. I've pretty much tried all of it. Yeah. And, um, Unfortunately, most of the medications that they would do come along with a lot of side effects that would either aggravate my other autoimmune disorders or they would just make me really drowsy or have like brain fog um, or just be out of it. And um, some help to mask the symptoms a little bit where it'll help, you know, just make the day survivable. Mm -hmm. But really, the only thing that I found that truly works with this is just rest. You just have to allow yourself to rest, which for most of us is really hard to do, especially when you have kids and, you know, working and everything else. But that's really the only thing that has truly helped me. That's good to know. Um, What other information would you like to discuss about fibromyalgia? So this, as well as a lot of other chronic illnesses, um, but particularly with this, like I had mentioned before, um, people love to make you feel like you're just a complainer when you're chronically ill. And I mean, I hate to say that, but it, in my experience and a lot of, you know, the people that I deal with in the chronic illness community, I'm sure, you know, as well, Mm -hmm. this is probably a common complaint that when someone suffers from chronic pain, um, it can almost seem like they're a downer or like they're the negative one. And it's sometimes hard to be around. And I wish the world, and I'm hoping now with this quarantine and everything that we're currently living through, maybe we'll open their eyes a little bit um, to understand what we kind of live every day, even not during what we're going through right now, Mm -hmm. and be a little more accepting of what it's like. Because some days, just simple things like getting out of bed, taking a shower, showing up to work or school, or, you know, just to showing up to life every day 
is very hard for someone who's chronically ill, especially when there's severe pain and, you know, fatigue. It can just be exhausting. And healthy people tend to take these things for granted. And they like to make sick people feel guilty about it. And then what ends up happening is we're already sick and in pain and having our own guilt for not being able to participate in the activities we want to show up to the parties and the family events, you know, be there as the best friend that we could be because we're so exhausted. We can't even like carry a full conversation. And yeah. And I just feel like it takes a toll mentally on someone who's already dealing with so much Mm -hmm. that, um, It's a growing problem in our community, in the chronic illness community, where people, you know, are already struggling every day just to get through. And then to add that guilt and that frustration and, you know, those those hard feelings from the people that you need the most in your life is very exhausting and it's mentally draining. So I I just think that people could practice a little more empathy um, and, and try to make it a little bit easier for us when we're already struggling. Yeah, all of that is so true. Would you like to talk a little bit more about the other chronic illnesses that you have? Um, sure. I mean, so I, I have so many, but <laughs> unfortunately, endometriosis is my primary diagnosis. Um, that's actually how I came upon you right? <laughs> and uh you know you're just like me you're another big I, not just like me you're much bigger than me out there in our community we're so thankful to have you and Thank you. yeah absolutely I mean everything you do is just incredible and we are all so supportive and so thankful for all the information that you're constantly providing um even on my journey you've helped me a lot with a lot of your information and So that's my primary diagnosis that took me a while to get anyway. And I do feel that that's a root issue of a lot of the other things that are going on. Um, But again, they, you know, as you know, they don't really know enough about it yet (laughs) still. Um, So who knows, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, who knows. But with that and fibromyalgia both present with a lot of this the same symptoms as far as pain and fatigue and brain fog and you know a lot of those things kind of go together um as well as they both are diseases that you can't really see on a test Mm -hmm. um and that doctors don't really see just by blood work or you know it's kind of something that they initially usually tend to diagnose based on symptoms um which is very frustrating for anybody that is chronically ill because it's like you you almost need that validation you need that proof that there really is something going on yeah um and then you know I have Graves disease migraines PCOS adenomyosis anxiety and depression comes along with all of those things when you're sick all the time Mm -hmm. um and you know like I said they all have their own um, symptoms, they all have their own things that kind of add to the soup of not feeling good every day <laughs> to add to the right. pot. Yeah. But the two primary that really are the biggest struggle for me is endometriosis and fibromyalgia. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now I've had, I've had a lot of, sur- I've had 13 surgeries for my endo and I don't even have ovaries or anything anymore. Yeah. And, but the, so that I don't have as much pain with that. I still have occasional 
but the fibro, like I thought I was doing good for the past few months. And with this stress of the quarantine and, you know, COVID-19, everything that's going on is just stressful for anybody right now. And just being stuck in the house and the weather being as horrible as it's been here in Pennsylvania, I'm in, in such a flare that I actually had to call my doctor to see if I could get medication on Friday, which I haven't been on any medicine in a really long time. And unfortunately, just as I was saying earlier, the side effects, because I haven't taken anything in so long, I took it on Friday night and was still groggy all the way through till this morning. Oh, wow. On Sunday. I'm sorry. Yeah. For a day and a half, I was like completely out of it and just sleeping and exhausted. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, you know... it's very hard to, to decide what you really need to do. Should I take that medicine and feel like that? Or, you know, just suffer through the pain. Yeah. And that's something I think a lot of people don't realize that we every day pretty much go through trying to figure out like, is it worth it? What's worse? You know, trying to figure out, is it worth to deal with the pain or is it worse to deal with the side effects? Right. Yeah. I completely understand. How do you cope with having fibromyalgia and other chronic illnesses? Um, There's a lot of different things that I do. Like I said, I've tried everything under the sun, but I think the number one thing that is most important that took me a really long time to fully put into practice and to fully accept is mindfulness. So everyone hears of all these different things out there, like exactly what does mindfulness mean? It's not just saying like, oh, I'm going to be positive today. I'm telling yourself I feel good. Because, I mean, let's be honest, you can tell yourself you feel good all day long, but if you're not truly feeling good, a part of you knows that you're lying to yourself. Right. So <laughs> there is all these different things that I've learned um, about training your like subconscious, pretty much, uh, subconscious mind reprogramming I practice, where I like listen to in my earbuds at night when I go to sleep, I listen to like mindfulness meditations and mantras, like telling my subconscious that you are healing, you are healthy, repeating that over and over again. Um, And then kind of during the day, if I am like, for instance, today, if I have to be in bed because I'm in a lot of pain and I'm not feeling good and I am so fatigued, instead of focusing on the fact that I don't want to be in bed and I'm stressed out about being there, I try to focus on what's making me happy about being in bed. So mm-hmm is, are the sheets comfortable? Does it feel good on my skin? Is the warmth of the heating pad, you know, how is that making me feel? Um, Is there, do I have like essential oils in the room? How does the smell make me feel? Does it make, you know, does it feel good to breathe that in? Is there a show that I love to watch that I get to watch all day now because I'm laying in bed for the day? You know, try to focus on the things that do make you happy just to spin it because obviously you can't, And that's where I think a lot of people get it wrong, where they think, oh, I can't do mindfulness because I know that that's not true and I don't want to be fake or I, you know, I'm trying to be positive, but I can't because I'm in so much pain. Well, you don't have to pretend that it's not happening because that's your real life. It is happening. But accepting that your chronic illness is not who you are, you are still you and you are still allowed to love the things that you love and be happy about different things. It's just a part of something that you deal with. Um, 
So that's that's pretty much I I would say the most effective thing. I mean, obviously, it doesn't completely take away the pain, but it just makes it a little more bearable to live through. Yeah, definitely. Those are all great ways to cope. What is something you wish you would have known when you were diagnosed? Um, how hard it would be to get doctors to believe me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you can relate to that. It's like, even if one doctor tells you, obviously you see different doctors throughout your life and it's like the starting from scratch all over again is such a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Getting them to believe that you're not just, you know, uh, pill seeking, unfortunately with the opioid crisis, so many people think that you're just out there to get medication. Meanwhile, I don't even want medication. I just want to feel better. Yeah. Um, So I would say that's probably the hardest part is like no one explains to you the mental aspect that goes along with it when you're constantly being told that, you know, all the tests are fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, Making you feel like it's all in your head is probably something I wish I would have been a little more prepared for. Yeah, definitely. Um, How does fibromyalgia affect your daily life? Oh, so... I mean, it's affected everything at some point, I guess. I've lost jobs over it from having so many absences or from not being able to focus enough at the job where I'm like making mistakes because my brain fog is so bad. Mm. I would say for me, aside from the pain, obviously brain fog is probably the worst part of fibromyalgia that a lot of people don't realize. Um, You're just out of it for no, like I could be in no pain, but I still have the brain fog. So every, I might look fine and be acting fine. Like I'm like, I'm not having a flare or like everything is okay for the day, but I'm so out of it and I don't even realize it. And your focus is just completely gone. So that's affected a lot of my life. I mean, it's affected friendships, relationships, and even my marriage, um, struggled significantly between the endometriosis and the fibromyalgia together from me spending years pretty much not able to get out of bed or, you know, Mm -hmm. just going through, like my husband called it, I was on autopilot. I was just going through the motions every day just to survive. And then right back to the couch and my heating pad. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely affected my life in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know it's tough. It is, but you know, if you can just find ways like I you know it affected my marriage in the past but it also made it stronger now because once he started to understand everything fully now we work together you know in things so it's really important if you have support through it and I think for a lot of people in your life they might not really understand it so they don't know how to support you properly and that can be something that could really help you along the way is if you explain exactly what you need from them um, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. How are you doing now with symptoms? I mean, for the most part, I'm not terrible all the time. It's not like there have been many years where it was all day long, every day I was just in pain. Mm -hmm. And it has definitely gotten better over the last few years once I started um, making changes to different things, recognizing the things that worked, like I said, mentally with the mindfulness, practicing that. Uh, but there are some days like this morning I could, I felt crippled. Like my hips hurt, my back hurt, everything hurt so bad. I felt like I couldn't even get up to get out of bed and you know, it just comes, you don't even know it's coming sometimes and it just happens. So it's really just like hit or miss, you know, some, some things obviously, you know, could cause flares and I try to avoid them like the plague, Mm -hmm. but 
unfortunately, sometimes you just don't know. Like the weather, I can't stop the weather. And when that happens, I'm done. I can't even, you know, this weather right now is just, my husband this morning was like, are you even going to be able to do this call today? And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, it's fine. I just need to relax. Like I'm I'm doing this call right now with all pillows around me and a blanket, like snuggled up talking to you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, what piece of advice do you want to give listeners? Um, be your own best advocate is the best advice I could give. Uh, do your own research. Absolutely. Because unfortunately, you know, not every doctor is as skilled and educated in a lot of chronic illnesses as others, but do not believe everything you read on the internet. Um, That's the biggest thing. I think nowadays there's so many support groups on social media and different things. You could just Google and look up things. And unfortunately, there's so much misinformation out there. Um, And I've seen so many people be misinformed and lead them down paths that they it's just going to make them worse with a lot of different things with chronic illness. So. You know, be your best own advocate by looking things up, but try to find people that you know are educated on your illness um, and talk to them about it. Don't just do hearsay by what others are talking about. Do speak to an actual doctor about it, Um, especially with fibromyalgia. You'll want to talk to like a rheumatologist for sure, Mm -hmm. Um, aside from just like a primary care physician who is, you know, educated on it, but not as educated as a rheumatologist would be. Um, And the number one thing I would also say is don't let anyone make you feel like you're not enough. That's my big, yeah, that's my big, you know, advice to everybody. That's what I live and breathe to try and help and advocate for in the community is that no matter what, no matter how horrible you feel, all the things that you have to cancel on or can't, you know, can't do that you would like to do, don't ever let anybody feel like you're not enough because of your illness. Because like I said earlier, it took me so many years to figure this out, but my illness is not me. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I have to, you know, live through. And everybody needs to know that, that you are not your illness. You are still you and you are always enough. No matter what you go through, no matter how bad your pain is, you are enough just doing whatever you can for the day. If you wake up and all you can do is open your eyes that day and you can't get out of bed, guess what? That's fine. That's enough. Yeah. And you don't owe an explanation to anybody. Yeah, definitely. That's all great advice. How can Yeah, you're welcome. How can someone show support for fibromyalgia? May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you're on social media, there will probably be tons of different posts that you can share. Um, It's a purple ribbon. So if you want to wear a purple ribbon or wear purple um, and, you know, just if you see any useful information that you want to share about it, May is definitely the month to do that. So, um, that would be a great way. Yeah, that's awesome. And how can listeners connect with you? So if anybody wants to connect with me, uh, social media is probably the best way. On Facebook, my name is Tiff Latoski. So it's at Tiff Latoski, T-I-F-F-L-E-T-O-S-K-Y. 
or on Instagram, it's at Tiff Speaks Endo. So it's T-I-F-F-S-P-E-A-K-S-E-N-D-O. And I'd be happy you can send me a private message on either of those. You can add me. Um, I pretty much usually add most people. I do a little screening on Facebook just to kind of look yeah. through before I just go adding anybody. But uh, for the most part, I do, you know, try to add most people. I could tell if they're looking, what they're looking for. And if you do send me a friend request and I don't answer, you're more than welcome to just shoot me a private message and I will definitely get back to you. Okay, awesome. I will put all that information in the show notes. Thank you so much. Great, for thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for taking time to be a guest on the Chronic Illness Support Podcast and telling your story with fibromyalgia to help provide education and awareness. I enjoyed having you, Tiffany. Thank you so much, Samantha. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. If you found listening to the Chronic Illness Support Podcast helpful in any way, please subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.